back to Unfiltered Kitchen. We are so happy to be back with another episode this week. Woo! Go ahead. High energy. He doesn't like it. No, I'm good with high energy. Go do your thing. I told him you do the intro. He's like, I don't know the intro. I don't know the intro. I just know to chime in and say, after she says, I'm Cheyenne, I say, and I'm Kyle. <laughs> I'm Kyle. That's all you got, Dad? That's all I got. Lloyd. That's all you got. I would like to say that in the past like week, I've gotten a lot of very positive and motivational DMs or just like comments from people who are like, I have tuned in, I've listened to your dad and your podcast, and it either gives me like motivation or inspiration or something to like look forward to within like my own child and their father's relationship, maybe it lacked in your own relationship. And I just want to say that I read all of them. I try my best to respond to all of them, but I do see them all and it means a lot to me. I read them too. Do you? Yeah. I don't, I, I, some of them I respond to, some of them I just read. What's hard is I swear I have the best intentions of responding and then something happens and I don't know, it just doesn't happen. But in my head, I respond to everybody. Okay. At least push the heart. I love pushing the heart. I mean, that's easy. You push the heart. Yeah, but just... I push the heart sometimes, and I don't know if people think like pushing the heart is ingenuine. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Well. Think about if you leave like a super heartfelt comment, and then someone just pushes the heart on you. Is pushing the heart better than not responding at all? Or Yeah, without a doubt. Not responding is not responding, even though you read it. I mean, you, you know, this because again, I'm I'm still new at this, so mm-hmm. I do read them. Plus, I'm trying to get the input to see if I can learn something also. Yeah, you know, particularly from those that are kind enough to leave a comment. Yeah, and I, I and I agree with what you were saying. I see a lot of nice things being written. I do too. I mean, every now and then we get like the little sour apple or whatever it's called, sour grape or sour grape. Okay, um, whatever fruit it is, bad apple sour grape. Okay, there we go. But I would. 10 times out of 10, I would say by far, it's a lot more positivity than it is negativity. Um, And it stands out. And I think that it means a lot. And you know what was really nice? Last week, Mm -hmm. we were talking about therapy and there were people that actually chimed in, you know, on the conversation, here's what I did in terms of therapy. And there was somebody who actually had... um, some legal background mm-hmm. who answered comedy. yes which i thought was his i saw night. that i mean that's yeah. that's you know i mean you know we're new at this podcasting but that's the kind of community we'd like to have yeah where people that are more knowledgeable than us on any particular subject you know regardless of what the subject is will go ahead and and input so that the other people the listeners that are part of the community can get benefit from it too yeah i for sure saw that i also saw someone comment on how i'm so like Pushing therapy now where in the past people too. have seen me like poo poo on therapy. Throw a tantrum about yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I can't yeah. do therapy right now. I'm, I'm mad. Uh-huh. Yeah. But that's that's my point is that I would say that with me, it was never a actual hate of like the act of therapy. It was more so the realization of why I'm going to therapy which is what made me kind of fight it because to realize I had to go to therapy was to accept what happened to me do you get what I mean yeah 
And I think for me, that was my battle was accepting that this thing happened. And that's why I'm putting my foot in the door. And I wasn't ready to accept that it happened. So I, I wasn't ready to accept therapy. Well, I can't go down the road of psychoanalyst with you. But, but do you get what I'm saying? Well, no, it was too much for me to comprehend. How, you were, Dad? I just well, broke it up so well, easily. Oh, because I was thinking about something. You know, I don't, I don't know. Um, do you want me to break it down again? No, 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 no. I just look. I got the small head on today. <laughs> oh God! So, are you on the short I, I bus just, today? I'm on the short bus. But this is what I do remember. Okay. I remember at the time you were somebody said something to you about therapy, mm-hmm. and you lashed out. At and Kyle. I think it's, I think it's because you wanted something that would be immediate satisfaction you know, get me out of this bad place. And I don't think that. I don't, I don't I, agree. I, I, th- well, I think that's what you were looking for. That's I don't why think I, I was necessarily looking for anything though. You were looking for some relief. I wanted some relief, but I wasn't ready to say what I needed release relief from. Okay. Which I feel like was the problem. And, well, and it's also one of those situations. There was no instant relief turn the yeah. turn the key there's relief yeah. you know it's just that's, that doesn't happen all the time no you know and look even in therapy therapy is not instantaneous therapy no. is a process yeah you know so and i and i i say that for me i feel like the biggest thing is why i didn't want to go to therapy in the beginning was because it's like in therapy you can't hide like eventually you can't hide to me i can't hide when i'm sitting in front of someone and we're really getting into the nitty gritty, I can't really hide from like my feelings or what I have to say. And I was, I was really accustomed to hiding from what happened to us Mm. and not having to talk about it unless it's in my home with like my safe space. Yeah. So putting, being in front of a therapist, I can't hide from this person anymore. I have to be like honest and real and I can't hide from them. So I think I wasn't ready to, Kind of take the mask off, okay, in front of someone else, where it's easy for me to scream, cry, punch, throw a tantrum with you mm-hmm. or mom or Zach or my sister, and then cook and make dinner, and you know the show goes on, and, yeah, you know, and you guys aren't looking at me like, <laughs> right, what's right. happening? It's just like, okay, you you got it out, you good, all right, now you, now let's go on to the next thing. But I felt like if I went to therapy, I was I couldn't do that as well as I'm able to do it here. Okay. And that scared me. Having to like be vulnerable with someone I don't know, oh, having okay. to explain okay. a story that I'm a part of, but also don't even know how to tell. Mm. So those were all things that stopped me from going to therapy. Mm-hmm. But I think once I got to a point of like Nothing else is happening. And if you want to be able to like mentally survive for not only like your kids or your husband, but for yourself in like your own sanity, then even though you don't know how to tell the story, go and attempt it, you know? So I feel like I saw the comment and it clearly stuck with me because you are right. When people throw put through therapy in my face, I just lashed out. But I would say in hindsight now, I wish that I would have gone a lot sooner, sooner than yeah. what I did. So now that you've experienced the, uh, therapy, mm-hmm. as opposed to it just being some distant, foreign, you know, untangible, you know, mm-hmm. experience. Now that you're in it, what are your thoughts? 
I definitely changed my outlook on like the storytelling aspect of it. So I would say when I first started, my therapist was almost like you're telling a story, almost like if you're telling it that you weren't even there. Like mm. you talk in a tense of like, like not a third being, person. Yeah. Like it's someone else's life. And mm. she's like, that's your life. You were there. So let's work on telling the story. Like one of the exercises that our therapist had both Zach and I do was tell what happened to us on the day that we got shot at from the very beginning of our day until the end of the day. And our stories were so different, but so similar. And that was like a key exercise for us Yeah, was to realize that it's all about perspective. And I might say some things in the story where he might not say some things because they were bigger deals to me than they were to mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So which goes back to like the way I process my feelings might be verbally the where he might process his in the silent mode. It just depends on perspective. So it kind of taught me a lot. And then how we end the story is, is a big deal. I can end the story at like, I thought my life was over and I feel dead inside or I can end the story at like at the end of the day, I was in my house surrounded by my friends and family and I felt alive again. You get what I mean? Yeah. There's a difference in how you end your story where a lot of times I ended my story with like, I'm dead. Yeah. (laughs) I'm dead. No, no. You ended it with, I feel like I'm dying. We we could have all been killed. Yeah. Like I ended the story. That's the way you told the story. Yeah. I I don't understand how we're alive. So where Zach would in the story, like the next day, like he's talking about like the next day. And I'm like, how are you still on the, how are you on the next day? And I'm still on the day before. Like we, we talked about it so differently. So it made me realize we process things really different, but there's nothing wrong with, each other's process right which we had to if we didn't go to therapy i feel like we would still struggle with that Mm -hmm. like the process of things and it's not just the shooting but just the process of like everyday things where it sometimes it takes me a little longer to process certain things so where zach is like i told you why don't you get it and i'm like do you not get that i was on the short bus like i'm so confused on why you're not understanding that i'm not understanding what you're saying where to him, he's just like, you know, it's instant sometimes. It's not instant with me. Yeah. I might need you to like break it down. Right. And then repeat it. And then maybe say it a different way. And then I can get it to where you got it. Right. Right. But if someone doesn't understand that about you. Well, you know, you have processing. Well, he learned quickly. Okay. okay. Right. There was one day in the car and he was, you know, it was like a quick turn. He was like. Go right. And I swear, I think I went left. And then he was like, just pull over. <laughs> just stop driving. And, and he was like, I don't understand. I told you to go right. I said, listen, listen, okay. When you when you scream and it's right there in the moment, in my head, all I know is go one way or the other way or go straight. And I just pick one, okay. Right. I don't. Right. I can't figure out the right from the left. I just pick one. So stop yelling at me. He's like. Okay, I'm not comfortable. Are you normally in the green chair? I think so. Oh. <laughs> oh. Do you guys watch our YouTube? Because he wants to switch chairs. I, I, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm feeling I'm not. I'm not. I think I'm you have to nowhere to put your arms. arms. Yes. Wow. So I'm not trying to put them up wow. here. Wow. You've, you've been on this show for like, this might be episode 15. So for 15 episodes, I've been uncomfortable. No. 
No, no. And you've you? been comfortable no, no, because no, no. I feel really comfortable oh, in this really? chair. I can lean back. I have armrests. Okay, yeah. take the chair. Take okay. the chair. Okay. All right. In other news, we in got news, a yes. lot of um, DMs from some of you guys asking for seeking advice or just wanting to wanting us to talk about your story. And I am always down to do that. Do you want to start with this one? You just put this in my face. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And we have one to start with. So, um, we're going to keep them, keep them anonymous, as always. So, it says, hello. It will be one week tomorrow that my daughter said some hurtful things to me. She is in college and working at the current, working at, working at the current moment, sorry. She was struggling financially. I don't know what she does with her money because if I ask her, she gets defensive. I do what I can for her, meaning taking out loans and not paying some of my bills. Sigh. After having a conversation with my friend of mine, I thought it would be wise for me to encourage her to reach out to her father for help and support while that resulted in him telling her that he is paying child support. That is back child support. Let's be clear. At that moment, I didn't know that he had made a payment. And anyway, initially when my daughter and I talked, anyway, initially when my daughter and I talked it right away, Okay, I'm trying to make sense of what you're trying to say. By things she was saying, I saw that she wasn't going to be fair. For 18 years, I carried the load of taking care of her myself. I did struggle a good portion of her upbringing in the state of Maryland. Okay. I think I was waiting for the question. Yeah. I, I think it's more of how do you deal with your daughter? She said that she's helping her the best she can or when she can. But her daughter. it sounds like her daughter's not appreciative. Not at all. So, I mean, my simple advice would be, you know, turn the water off for a little while. You know, turn the water off, let her fin strictly by herself. Let her see how Right, but does. she's saying I could see that my daughter wasn't going to be fair. So I feel like that's, I feel like what she's trying to say is that her daughter is looking at her mom. Like, you just got that back child support payment. Now you can financially help me. Where that's not what that means. No. and You don't get that from that message? I got it that he's paying child, back child support, paying the state back. That money goes to her. Okay. It goes to the mom. Well, okay. But that doesn't mean I'm taking that money and bringing it to my kid. I already took care of you for 18 years. You're 18 at this point. The back child support is paying for the, the shit that I paid right, for back then, right. right? Yeah. I mean, you know... that. If we're understanding this right, I would just tell you the simple look. If you're doing the best you can for your child, and this is not for her or anybody else, when you are doing the honest best that you can, you're giving up some of your life's pleasures so that your child can have some of their pleasures. If they don't understand that, they just don't understand it. And you got to keep on going. And, you know, I wouldn't say cut them off because they, they're young and dumb. Young, dumb, and full that's, of cum. Yeah, you know, a lot of times that's just what it is. Look, I was that way. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. You know, so a lot of times your kids don't know any better. You so you just got to kind of grin and bear it. You want to keep helping them? Go ahead. You want to turn the water off for a little while? Yeah, but how do you do that as a parent and not become like the bad guy? What I well, fear you gotta, is sometimes, like sometimes you're going to be the bad guy. No, but I get being the bad guy, but I'm saying 
like let's say writers in college and she's asking and asking i'm like right i just you know it's like you become the bad guy but she's so far away how do i still keep her close without becoming like the extreme bad guy to where i cut you off and now she wants to cut me off do you get what i mean yes i do how do you be the bad guy but still keep them close is my question okay um I'd say through communication, even they may not want to hear it and they may act like they're not listening. And sometimes they're not listening, but if you've been talking to them their whole life, you tell them something deep down, they're hear something, you know? So let's say it is a situation situation where your child is off to school and they are in need, but you can't do it right now. And they don't understand that at the moment. Well, you just have to explain, you have to, you know, really be honest with them. You know, I'd say, look, I'm behind on rent. Or yeah. hopefully, hopefully that's not the case. But, you know, I've, I just can't. Look, my mother used to tell me, look, we just can't. We can't afford that. Yeah. Or she didn't say we. She said I because she was the mother. Mm-hmm. She said, I can't afford that. Do you think that goes with teaching your kids the value of money? I think it does. I mean, you know, I mean, and at the time I remember I was angry. I was like, what do you mean you can't? I didn't understand you can't afford other kids have it. Mm -hmm. How come I can't have it? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe those other kids, parents made more money. Maybe they didn't, you know, maybe they didn't value money the same way. I don't know. Yeah. But I know that later on. I know now it helped me understand the value of money and working for your money. You know, the hard work that goes behind yeah. earning every dollar you get, you know. Um, you know, and I would never spend my last monies on you guys. When I was young, I spent a lot of, I mean, when we were young, a young family, I spent mm-hmm. a lot of, I mean, you know, probably 80%, 90% of all my income went to the house. Mm-hmm. You know, but now that you guys are older, that's <laughs> better learn to fend, fend for yourself. mom told me like i spend all my money on you kids in like learn from the lessons of of that of like give your kids what they need but you know a lot of times i gave you guys just what you wanted and i it is all my money and i re- i realized the other night i was it was a uh, black friday you guys you know everybody goes a little Fun on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. The deals were like calling my name. I just felt like they were screaming at me. Mm-hmm. Buy me, shop, mm-hmm. press the cart, press go, enter your credit card information. They mm-hmm. were just screaming at me. I just had to buy something. I just it was just like itching my soul that I didn't buy anything. I had to buy something. Did you did you buy something? I did. But what I realized is that I bought something and then I went back and checked my cards to cook. Okay. Little confession. Anytime I shop, it's like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I don't shop during the day because during the day I make sense in my head. And I know I shouldn't be shopping. But 3, 4 a.m., the sense is gone. And I'm like half asleep. 3 a.m. in the morning? Yeah. Okay. It's like I wake up, I can't go back to sleep. So I have carts on my phone. It's like a therapeutic thing. I make carts all day long. All day long I make carts, but I don't buy the carts ever. You just... I okay. just make them. It just makes me feel good. Like, okay. this is all the shit I want from this store. I'm not going to buy it, but this is everything. Can I help you? Okay. It's all the stuff that I want from this store, but I'm not going to buy it because I know I don't need it. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm just going to make the carts. It really makes right. me feel good about myself. Okay. What makes me feel better is that every now and then I'll get a big check, right? And then I'm like, damn, I made this bomb-ass cart today. I'm about to buy that cart, okay? And that really makes it really feeds my soul. So on Black Friday, I had a few carts I wasn't going to buy. I just told myself, I don't need anything. My kids don't need anything. Everything is fine. Go take a and- seat, Ryder. Hey, Yes. And then Cyber Monday came and I had no self restraint or whatever. It was like 3 a.m. And I bought, I noticed I bought a few carts that next morning because what I realized is that I buy carts in the middle of, of the night and I'm half asleep. Okay. You're buying carts? I already got everything for you for Christmas. That's how bad it is. It's, I don't. I didn't like, even realize. You want to know how bad it is? One time I woke up and I had a whole new credit card. It was in the middle of my sleep. I thought I was dreaming that I applied for this credit card and I had a whole credit card come. It's so bad to the where I had to I had to put restrictions on my cards of buying times and alerts because I'll wake up the next day and not even know that I bought something and then I have all these alerts on my phone, but you have like I have like a window where I can cancel them. But anyway, the whole point to my story was I I had one of those nights where I bought a few of my cards I didn't even know. And I went back and I checked all my cards. I didn't get one thing for myself. Everything went to my kids. And I got you uh, some Christmas gifts. I don't need What about me? Santa gets you, girl. But I literally. We, we should talk about Christmas. Realized that I don't, I don't even shop for myself. Okay, but let me it tell you It all story. went to my kids. This one, hey, one. And you started off talking about how. Mom, Your mom said she she's she spends all she her spend, money on you guys. Uh huh. Still to this day, probably. Um, not so much me. Okay, but I fend for myself. So. I'm not wishing this. Understand? Mm-hmm. I, I'm just telling you what I think is going to be the case. When your mom gets old, mm-hmm. older, mm-hmm. she's going to be broke. Stop. Not because she's not a not because she's not because she doesn't work or lazy or anything like that. Because she will spend all her money. She on, doesn't do it anymore. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> she's not buying anything for me. Well, it's probably because you're okay, but you know, there's still other people that her mother spent all her money. Uh, her mother, Nana mm-hmm. has spent all their, her money. I Nana, her she life. listens to this. And Nana will tell you she spent all her money on her kids and grandkids. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that mom in her mom late. learned from her. I think she learned from her, but I think in so her you're late. you have the option shut to up, either be, learn no, from her. No, I think in her late ages, she realized, and she's trying to cha- change the cycle. Watch this Christmas. What about it? Watch, watch all the gifts under the tree. What about them? And watch how many come from Sam. Mom stopped buying Christmas stuff a long time ago. I'm not talking about for you, but for the grandkids. Oh, well, you know. It'll be 10 gifts from each of them, for each of them. That's a personal problem, Dad. Well, you should get well, more gifts for your grandkids. How no, about that? I'm not doing it. You should. Okay. We should talk about Christmas. What do you want to talk about Christmas for? What? I saw, I saw this one guy. Wait, what do you want to say? You have something to say? Say no, it. No, no, no. I'm saying, you know, look, Christmas is a, is a merchant's. Dream. All know, right. All right. You know, all right. You know, it's nothing to do with all the things it's supposed to represent. So, do you want me to return your Christmas gift? No, I only want one thing. You know what I want? What do you want? I want a shaver. 
I've cut myself twice. Okay, I actually asked Dave what shaver he uses so that I can get it for you. I started to get one. You were talking about Black Friday and uh-huh. and, and all the sales. Cyber Monday. Yeah, you know how many things I bought. What? Zero. Zero. Okay, well, they weren't screaming I, I, at you. They I did look. I did look at, at a shaver. They were. You don't understand. It was like they almost like they were like saying my name. I did do that once one night. It was when I was trying to buy a shed. Because I was trying to move stuff out of storage. Yeah. I saw shit. The sheds are like, you know, they're a thousand, three thousand, somewhere in there. Yeah. Well, I saw one, it was $48. <laughs> but it was as big as the other one. It doesn't even seem safe. Yeah, I know. I said, you know what? It was in the middle of the night, too. Yeah. I ended up buying it. You know, of course, it was BS. You know, yeah. someone just got my $48. Was that came home the other night? I was like, this is an unbelievable deal. And he had a TV. I said, what are you doing? He said, it was $70. Guy in a truck pulled up. He was like, this is $70 TV. What do you mean? What am I doing? He looked at me like I was crazy. And he wasn't the crazy one. Yeah. He looked at me like $70. $70. Leave me alone. Street deal. Let's go. I was like, okay, do you, boo. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the next one. Okay. So somebody DM'd me and they said, I have um." A situation I want to send to you and your dad, but it was too long to DM, so they asked to email. So this was via email, which I appreciate. Anyway, okay. it says, Dear Cheyenne and Papa Floyd, I hope this email finds you both well. I'm a regular listener of your podcast and an overall supporter of you and your family. I've been deeply moved and inspired by the bond you share specifically with Mr. Kyle. It's beautiful to witness through the screen. And it's something I yearn to have with my own father. However, our relationship... I hear that a lot. Me too. And it makes me really... It makes me feel really appreciative of our relationship, which I feel like I've always been, but makes me appreciate it even more. And it also makes my heart hurt that people haven't been able to experience what I have with having a father. Because I never realized it was such a special relationship. Damn. I mean, people, well, no, 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 no. What I mean by that is the and way people like, point it out. Yeah. It's because, almost like unique. Yeah. And but, I didn't know for, it was. Yeah, for us, it's just. It's, it's just it's, what it is. Yeah. It's the way we roll. But I I think I got in my feelings a few days ago about our relationship. And I went down this rabbit hole and I found all these like pictures and videos. And I posted a clip. I saw that. From my baby shower. From, yeah, I of love you that clip. blessing Rye. I love that clip. And it was so full circle. And I was watching Rye to sleep and I was crying. Oh. And I'm like, here's my beautiful child. Okay, anyway, back okay. to the email. All right. Uh, it's beautiful to witness through the screen and it's something I yearn to have with my own father. However, our relationship has been rocky for years and I'm at a loss at how to improve it. I'm writing you in hopes that perhaps you can offer some insight or advice based on your own experiences. Growing up, I was right behind my dad, even in the beginning of him being incarcerated for 15 years. However, our relationship took a turn for the worse in 2010 after a breach of trust. I had confided in him about something concerning a family member, and instead of keeping it between us, he shared the information with others. It led to begin, it led to my being put out, which as you can imagine was a painful experience. I was in a I was a vulnerable kid, and the fact that my father broke my trust hurt me deeply. Ever since, our conversations have dwindled to the point of non-existence. I recall gathering the courage to tell him about my second pregnancy, making it clear that I wanted him to keep the news confidential. 
Yet he broke my trust once again and told my grandmother about it. I was very upset because I had specifically asked him to keep a secret. I understand the excitement of soon-to-be grandparents, but I feel my wishes should have been respected. Fast forward to the present, my father has been out for a year, and although he has made some attempts to connect, they have been insubstantial. The most interaction we've had over was over the summer when he needed my help to watch my niece and nephew. While he has offered financial support, I'm more interested in an emotional connection. I want him to engage with me, to understand what's going on in his daughter's life. I'm at a crossroads and I don't know how to navigate this. I want to mend our relationship and build something beautiful like what the two of you have, even if it's not with me, with my children. I want him to be the grandparent that still gives my kids ice cream, though I told them no, or the one that just takes them to the store for a toy, or hell, even just the one that says, I want to get them, (laughs) or call and say, hey kids, or something. My nephew had grandparents day at school and he didn't even want my father there. My father there. He wanted his great grandfather there. So cringe that a seven year old doesn't even want to be around you. Any advice or insight that you could prove would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. Please email me back if you need further details or want to ask any questions. I know it's been some time, so there's a huge gap in situations. But these are the main ones that have really contributed to how I currently feel. Um, SN, I don't know what that means, but says, I also want us to tap more onto the unconditional love and forgiveness. I'm currently listening to the unconditional love episodes. And then she signs. A healing mama trying. Okay, so I would say. Oh, damn! You just didn't even take a breath. No, you had your no, answer ready. No, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm. I, I I appreciate that letter. It's a nice. You know. It was really well written. So at the end, she says, "I wish he would take them for ice cream, even when I say no." I knew you were going to stick on that. Because what she's saying is... Don't break my trust. Yeah, now, yeah. because earlier... Okay, why are we stuck on just that one thing? No, no, thing? no, it's not All that one thing. All she's saying is that I want no, him no. to be a grandpa. Wait, let me finish saying it. All okay? right. Before he's a grandpa, he's a man, and he's her father. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, he might have broken her trust in speaking on something that she said to him, please don't speak on this. But what was his intention? Was in, I mean, if you know, if his intention is to speak on it and embarrass you, okay, well, that's one thing. But if his intention is in there to speak on your behalf to try to straighten something out or to try to get down to the to the nitty gritty of something, mm. okay, then you have to allow him. Even though he said, even though you asked him, look, don't please don't keep this between us. You got to allow him to be the parent, to be the father, okay. And so he's gonna have to go and talk to somebody. Now, when he shared the news with his mother about being a grandparent, you know, about you being pregnant the second time around, come on, that's celebratory. You want to, you want him to be so wrapped around your finger that he's not going to speak on anything you don't want him to speak on. You're not, you're not, I don't think you're being fair. Okay. I don't agree. Well, you may not, but let me, let me just keep rolling. Okay. But can I counter what yes, you're saying? Go ahead. Okay. Pregnancy. No, let's go before pregnancy. We don't know what the situation was. But you don't know the, the situation of anything, and you already spoke on it, and you spoke on the pregnancy. So why can't I speak on the pregnancy? Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. thanks. Pregnancy. 
not the. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> if I tell you that I'm pregnant, I don't want you to tell anybody yet. But I go and tell my dad. I would be upset with you if, let's say, I wasn't at my 12 weeks and I've had a miscarriage in the past and I wasn't ready to have to go through that and explain it to multiple people again as to why. So you just never know why someone within pregnancy is telling you, keep this to yourself, please. But let's say I did go and tell my dad or my mom. Okay. Are you mad at me? Would I be mad at you? I would be upset with you if something negative was to happen within my pregnancy that then you have to go and report to your mom and your dad. And and I talked. She lost the baby. Right. And then it's like that's a whole other level of grief that you have to deal with when other people know that you're grieving and dealing with it. Where I get that you can lean on your family in a time of need, but sometimes when you're dealing with those things, you don't want to have to keep explaining okay. Let me ask it, it this way. If I broke your trust, I wouldn't talk about the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Would you forgive me? Yes. Okay. So she should forgive you. I let would say go. with the pregnancy, okay. depending let, let on me, the me, circumstances, yes. I, I, yes. I understand what you're saying, and I understand what she's saying. But, you know, the, there are some things that aren't worth, it's not a problem unless you make it one. Uh, but I honestly feel okay. like she has forgiven him because I think what her email is, giving to me is that she wants the relationship. No, yes, yes. Now here, and so we're, let's move on to the next thing. Okay. One of the things she talked about is she doesn't necessarily want his financial help, but she wants him to reach out and contact. And, emotional and da, 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 help. Emotional. Okay, so you got to understand, you are a woman asking for a woman's style of um, healing. Okay? He's a man. The best way he can reach out to you might be financially. He might be able to say, baby, here, you, you know, let's go get the kids something. Mm. Okay. That's just a different language. It doesn't mean that he loves you less or anything like that, but you can't don't expect a man, especially a man that's been in prison. That's got to have his machismo up as as, 15 years, 15 years as a mode of protection and and respect to all of a sudden get into this woman's type emotion. Okay. It, it, It doesn't work that way. You know, he's been institutionalized where everything is all about monetary value. You know, tough guy and money. If you got the money to, 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 if you got shit on your books, you can you can make you can make shit happen, okay. But don't don't look for a woman's style of affection from a man that hasn't had an opportunity to show that in many many years. That is such a good point that I did not even think about, to be honest. Yeah. But after fifteen years, and you're saying this is his first year out, I would honestly say to give him so much grace because fifteen years of your life. And you're coming out to this world, that's a huge, huge, huge life change to where you or I or my, like, no one would know how to properly navigate that, let alone how to be emotionally um, available. Yeah, and responsible. Yeah. I mean, he's 15 years, he hasn't had a chance to know you for 15 years. I mean, do you know how much you've grown and how much you've changed in 15 years? You might be scared on how to approach you. Yeah. It, it was, it, actually, I think that you should be the aggressive one in terms of reaching out to him. I know you. it, it feels better if he reaches out to you. He may not know how. Okay? He may be, when I say institutionalized, it happens. I mean, I, I got guys that have come in and out of prison. and when they, you know, they What come does out. that mean? 
Like, how would you explain institutionalized? Okay, so institutionalized, you get into a system that is telling you when to go, when to stop, when to eat, when to sleep. There's not a whole lot of flexibility. There's not a whole lot of um, uh, your own decision making. Okay. Uh, even within those walls, you know, you got to deal with the powers that be. And if it's not Johnny Law, it's, it's, it's your fellow cons. Yeah. You know, so, you know. And that doesn't seem like a space where you can really tap into like emotions. No, it's not. It's not. You, you, you know, you got to be a hard guy or you're going to be a girl. You know, so I would, you know, I would probably look at it like this. He's had a rough road for the last decade and a half. And I'm sure you've had to, okay? But you are probably more emotionally equipped to deal with bringing the two of you together than he is, okay? Yeah. He might still be in defense mode. Not against you. You know, not consciously against you, but just in defense mode, in survival mode. We've been out a year. You know, it takes a while to relax, to learn what this new world is all about. So, I, I, you know, I, I'd grant him as much grace as you can. And if you really want to develop the relationship with him, I would really be the aggressive one about it. I, and you know what? You might see this man smile from ear to ear, you know, when you start putting them grandkids in front of him. And you So know. what would be like an ideal thing? Do you think like if she reached out and said like, hey, meet me at the ice cream parlor at five o'clock on Friday, we're going to all sit and get ice cream. Me, you and the grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. And watch, I bet he come out of his pocket and be dying to pay. Dying to pay. I mean, that's all, that's the way you know at best right then. Yeah. You know, go to the park. You know, there's, you know, play on the swings, on the merry-go-round or whatever the case may be. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know. I think you give him more opportunities where it's almost like you set up the play date and, yeah. and he doesn't necess- necessarily have to be the aggressor, but... As long as he's showing up to the play day, then I think that says a lot and speaks a lot to the relationship that he hopes to have eventually. And like you said, maybe it's not with you because 15 years is a long time. I think it's a big, weird, awkward feeling if your dad goes away for 15 years and now he's back. And it's kind of like you don't know that footing. Like, I'm sure he doesn't know if he's supposed to be a father or a friend or or a mentor. Or do I just sit back at the sideline and watch my daughter's life play out in you know, that's awkward, especially if he's, it seems like you guys have been connected for the past 15 years. He's probably parented through a phone. Now having to parent in real life doesn't feel correct, especially now that you're a parent with two kids. So yeah, I think giving a lot of grace in this situation. And like you said, setting up opportunities to where he can show up and be available physically, maybe not as emotionally as you would want. You got to give him some time to get emotional yeah. and not to say emotional, like, does he love you, love the kids, things like that. But to where, when I say emotional, where he could let his guard down, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not always, you know, it's not like you walk out the gates and everything is peachy king. Yeah. You know, so. That's tough. Yeah. Are there, there's programs to where it helps men get like, um, from, how do you, like, um. Into the real world. Integrated, re, re, reintegrated into the yeah. world or re-educated. Or, yeah. Yes. I think there are programs like that. But, you know, one of the things that I always pledged in my life is I would never do something where I had to go get locked up. So I don't know a whole lot about it. Have you been arrested?
wrong with you? We can roll right by that question. <laughs> another one um, okay please keep me anonymous my siblings and I have been kind of close we have a big age gap between the three of us my older sibling only time when she would reach out is if she needed or wanted something just not a regular check-in or a simple text I reached out to her though and her kids so I can spend time with them but also so they can spend time with my son my son stays at their place as well. Me and my younger sibling don't have much of a relationship either due to the age difference and just not on the same page. Our mom passed earlier this year, so I thought we would have gotten closer, but we haven't. It's always been me calling or texting. I know the road goes both ways, but I'm tired of being the only one doing the work in the relationship. I don't know if she realizes this or not, but her and I are total opposites. She says what she thinks in either or way or no way type of person. Where I'm more compassionate, what should I do? Take it. Okay, I think I'm getting from this. You want a deeper relationship with your sisters. I would say both of them, not just the younger one, but also the older one, but you kind of feel like you're doing the reaching out and they're not reciprocating um, having a relationship with you. She's like the middle? I wouldn't. I think she's the middle. Yeah. Your mom passed earlier this year, and um, I think that that's tough. I think that grief and dealing with death, especially your mother, which is something I don't even want to think about with my own mom. I think you guys are just going to have to like shoot me up and like stick me in a room somewhere. Uh, everyone deals with it differently. And maybe your sisters are grieving in their own way yeah, and on their own time. And you can't force a relationship. I feel like social media has affected the way people feel like they should grieve. If you go down a rabbit hole, and I've done it, I'm guilty of it, of grief pages on Instagram, people who have lost a child or a husband or a mother, and they've turned their whole social media platform into a grief page, a mom mm -hmm. getting through grief, and they're showing themselves crying or showing their relationship has changed with a sibling or showing that their husband past and now they've moved on and they got a new husband and this is their new life but they're still love with this husband like there's so many pages that I find like that I don't know why my algorithm sends me to them but it does and I feel like social media has changed a lot of people's outlook on what grief should look like and how you should act after it I literally just saw a page the other day of of two sisters who didn't speak and then their mom passed and they immediately became best friends again mm, and that's where it took her and it would be, to me, I look at that and I'm like, well, wow, I'm so happy that you have this relationship now. But it also, it makes me feel like if I was a person who lost someone and if that didn't happen, what's wrong with me? You know, so I feel like for I read this and it's like the expectations of what you want, are they realistic? And also have you guys ever sat down and all put in the energy or got on the same page about wanting 
a relationship with each other. Because like you said, it can always go one way, but you want it to go two ways. But if this person over here isn't seeking the same thing you want, then it's never going to go two ways. So I would say sometimes you have to have those uncomfortable conversations where you say, we're all sisters. I want to have a relationship with my sisters that goes beyond our kids having play dates. I want to be able to call you in my time of need or just call you when I want to talk. Or I want to call you just to cry or to laugh. Or I wanted to sit on the phone and be quiet because we're sisters and that's what we should be able to do. And if your sister says, I don't really want that relationship with you or... Well, she mentioned then something about a, an age gap between her and her the younger sister, like which it might be awkward. There may be age. Gra- I have a friend who has a ten year age gap with both her siblings. Really, Marche. Oh yeah. Her Jackie's ten years, and then Keisha's ten years. Mm-hmm. The age gap is huge to where. Her sister used to drop us off and give us money to go to the football game. So it felt more of like a mom than a sister. You know what I mean? So if the age gap is so big to where you don't even feel comfortable telling this other person, like, what you're doing because you're in fear that you're going to get in trouble, then it's a different situation. But now that your mom has passed, I would just say, have an honest and real conversation. This is what I want out of our sisterhood. These are my expectations. This is my dream. These are my goals. This is what I put. I'm putting our relationship on a pedestal. Can you meet me here? And I would just see what they say. Then you know how to act. What do you think? Why? Because you're a man and you have a brother. No, I was just thinking that it was really, you know, being a sister as you are. It's a good question for you. I put my sister and my Saul's relationship on a pedestal and it's something that goes up and down you know it goes up and down it goes hot and it goes cold but at the end of the day I always know that I can call her and depend on her to show up if no one else is coming I know I can call my sister and say I need you to meet me right here at 112 wear all black and put on red lipstick and she will be right there in red lipstick and all black and looking crazy and be like what are we doing and I think that's a relationship that our parents have also put on to us. So it takes me back to what of your parents, what's the energy your parents put into building your sisterhood? Because to me, if your parents don't really lay your foundation down that this is your person, then, you know, it's kind of hard to fall back on. Well, they can build it themselves now that they're adults, now that they think, you know. I mean, here, I'm going to tell you one thing about your siblings is they are the closest thing that's to you. And I don't mean close in terms of your relationship, but physically, you know, they're the closest thing that, they're your replica. Yeah. Half your mama, half your daddy. Same thing you are, half your mama, half your daddy. So, you know, if you're going to choose a side, that's the side I choose. But I think the foundation does help. Sure, the foundation helps, but it is not necessarily. A I make mean, or if, break. If, if, yeah, it's not a make or break. If the parents started young, that's fine. But now that you're adults, you can develop your, yeah. Develop it yourself. Even with your sister who is doing something a little bit different than what you are. Maybe you're in different phases of life. You know, maybe she's 16, 17, going to the clubs, and maybe you're, you know, in your 35s or, or whatever, you know, with kids, raising kids. You know, that's a different style. That doesn't mean you, can, you can't still reach out and have a good relationship with her or a beautiful relationship. Might be times you need to uh, babysit and she needs a little extra money. So, you know, make it happen. Yeah. 
Okay, I want to do this new thing when we end our episodes. And okay. because we always, the whole reason we started Unfiltered Kitchen was so we can cook, have conversation, so, and cocktails. You know. So, uh, can I finish my thought? Because I have the small hat on now. Okay, go ahead. I want to know what's the best and the worst thing you ate this week. You don't want to know the best thing I ate. What is the best thing you ate this week? I did an experimental run on an enchilada. <laughs> what was in your enchilada? I'll let you know soon enough. Wow. I'll let you know soon enough. Okay, what was the worst thing you ate this week? Worst thing I ate this week? You know, I don't eat bad. I eat good. That's worst thing I ate? Didn't get eaten. Boo. I made, I made you know, after Thanksgiving, I made a turkey. Mm-hmm. And I made some dressing, some bomb gravy. Oh, wow. You know, I still had some of that smoked prime left. I'm hungry now. Oh, I um, made an omelet with that. Yeah. I ended up making, uh, uh, you know, I made my turkey after Thanksgiving. So I made some I made some gravy. I did a little deal of mac and cheese, some dressing. Took, you know, took some to Mike's mom. Mm-hmm. Boom, 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 boom. After I ate it for a few days, I ended up making a soup out of what everything was left. It was bomb soup. I just got hungry. Yeah. It was so sweet. Throw your gravy into your soup. Man, it just makes it so rich. And it doesn't make it, like, creamy? No, it wasn't that, you know. No, it's not, no, not creamy. <laughs> Why'd you get mad? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. What's the best thing you ate? Okay, so yesterday I made some. So wait, before I was going to interrupt you. Yes. So I didn't interrupt you. I let you do your thing. Yes. Now, what was it I wanted to say? Uh, <laughs> That's why you were small. Oh, hat. I know what it was. Damn it. <laughs> I know what it was. What? Small heads off. Um. Uh, a lot of comments on they want us to get back to doing cooking videos, cooking, cocktails. cooking and cocktails. We're going to start. We're going to have to figure out how to do it in the kitchen. And actually, let's tell the truth. We, we already know we've been talking about it. Yeah, we have been talking about it. But Honestly, it's just scheduling right now. Yeah. Past she, few weeks, we've both been scheduled. In fact, she's got to run. Yeah. We're behind on schedule in terms of episodes. I might end up doing it. An episode all the by next myself. episode he's gonna do by himself, guys. <laughs> so give him grace. But he's gonna do it with the speak pipe where you guys have tuned in and told us what your key to marriage is. So technically he won't be talking to himself. Actually, I'm gonna do it that way, but I'm gonna throw a window up to anybody what you want to talk about. Yeah. I'll talk about anything under the sun. Oh God. I'll talk Bitcoin, I'll talk marriage, I'll talk death, I'll talk religion, I'll talk politics, I'll talk wars around the world okay I, I, okay okay I, I, I look at her she okay she's she, gonna she, get us canceled <laughs> <laughs> i felt like the speech was just gonna go i'll talk gay i'll talk straight i'll, I'll talk, talk small yeah. i'll talk big yes, we can go all over the world oh my all god okay so the best thing i ate was i made some salmon and shrimp lasagna rolls it was like alfredo sauce it had spinach yeah, salmon and shrimp uh-huh Alfredo rolls? Yeah. Alfredo is like a sauce. Yeah, it's a sauce. Okay. I made the sauce and I put like bell pepper and cheese. Okay. It was so good. I thought it was so good, right? Okay. I ate one and I was like, oh, that's so good. I went upstairs. I like, it was the weekend. I like got on my balcony. I did a like puff pass. I laid out. Puff and pass? What's that mean? Oh, you don't know what that means? No, huh, I don't know. You gotta like turn your brain on for that one. Oh, that <laughs> Maybe you puff past too much. <laughs> Wait a minute, terminology. 
So then Zach comes upstairs and I go, did you like it? And I'm expecting some big reaction because I thought it was so good. He goes, well, the shrimp were just a little shrimpy for me. And I want to say, get the get out of this house. Yeah, just get the fuck out. Just get out. You didn't make yeah. shit. So get yeah. out. But anyway, that was the best thing I made. The worst thing I've ate this week. I don't really eat bad food, so it's kind of yeah, hard. See, that's what I said. But health-wise, my kids love dino nuggets. Oh, <laughs> that's a terrible piece of food. So I had a dino nugget, and Is Ace even real chicken. I don't know. Ace it likes hot dogs right now, and I ate a hot dog, and then I think my phone like heard it in the algorithm, and then I had a video come on my phone about how hot dogs are made, and I, everything oh. in me, everything in me wanted to go and make myself throw up. I'm about to tell you something about rat dogs. It I mean, was like dogs. pig booty. Hot like dogs assholes. are made out of everything under the sun, okay? All the leftovers. Even if you get turkey? And, and the FDA, the food, da-da-da-da, Allows so much rat shit to be present in a hot dog. There's a certain allowance. Okay, I saw a video on World Star the other day of this lady eating the poop. She works at a vet and she was sneaking and eating the animal poop. What kind of animal? I don't know. It was an animal. Who gives a fuck what I mean, animal? It was like her fetish? It was like her shit. And she was like, mm. like, she was really feeling it. And now I'm like, it makes sense. Maybe she likes hot dogs too. Yeah, hot dogs, the FDA allows so much because, you know, just the way the factories are done, rats are running rapid. Uh, so much hot dog poop can be, you know, I mean, rat shit can be in a, in a hot dog. Look it up. If a gnat flies into your tequila, are, yeah. you, are you going to drink it? Oh, without doubt. My tequila? My yeah. shit, my tequila's good tequila. <laughs> Look, if it was some if it was some bullshit, I'd throw it out. Okay. Ain't, ain't that gonna stop me. And that <laughs> flew into my wine the other night and I just used my nail and I yeah, scooped it out. Go. I kept drinking and Zach looked at me with just so much disgust on his face. Yeah, well, you know. And I was looking at him like, What's the problem? Right. What's the big deal? Right. And he looked at me like I was just disgusting. <laughs> I ain't tripping. I, I, you look, I don't do small stuff. I ain't I worried like, about little small I've had stuff. worse. I've done worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what was crazy here? Not the worst thing I eat. Worst okay. thing I've seen eat this week. I'm driving. Pull up to the stop sign. Stoplight. I look over. There's a guy over there in the car. You know, not turning. I looked again. He's about finger high up in his nose. <laughs> He's so far up in it. I tried to give him some privacy. It looked straight. You know, but, it feels a private but moment. But you couldn't. But I couldn't. Man, look. Do you know what he did? You he know what it? he did. He and looked at it. <laughs> I was like, I felt like honking the horn. Like, man, you're out of bounds. <laughs> I was like, man, not honking the horn. I felt like felt like too dead. I'm like, man, I'm watching you. Something. <laughs> he he wasn't to the second line, but he was. Dad, shut up. <laughs> you know, uh, man, it was terrible. I was upset. He was in front of me for I started to hit him. <laughs> What's your car? Hit him. It's like you're a show out of bounds. Yeah, but there's something wrong with you. Well, I'm just telling you that I just thought about that in terms of worst thing I saw you. Okay, yeah. I'm done. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week of Unfiltered Kitchen. I cannot wait 
for everyone to see our next episode because Papa Floyd's going to handle it all by I'm himself. I'm going to handle it by myself because my little girl, she's out on the road yeah. doing handling her business. And this we, we've been getting caught up. we got sick kids in the back and, yeah, and it's a lot schedules happening. and yeah, lots going on. So I'm going to try to, I might bring a guest in. I don't know. I'm going to see. But I can handle it. I just sit to myself, can I talk for an hour straight? Yes. I can't, especially if you give me some stuff to talk about. I'm so going to give you some stuff to talk about. No, they're going to give me stuff to talk about. Yes, I'm going to set you up. Yes. Set up one of those where it doesn't have to be about marriage. Why don't we save marriage for when you get back? Okay, so you want to do one of just with, talk to Papa Floyd? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Let's just talk about it. Okay. Okay, yeah. We'll, right. we'll do that. We'll do that. So, one last thing before we close out. Mm-hmm. Is I know the powers that be, you know, here's the deal, guys. Every time we do this, I got to fork out a little bit of money, get the editing and all that. All that. So hey, we made to, a little money. I haven't seen any of it. Not a lot. <laughs> no. Okay, a little bit. Like this we got an ad? It's yeah, okay. It, That's it, all right. It starts there. It's as much. It starts there. I got a thing today, a little report, and it was like, Think Law Crew made blah, blah, blah. I'm for the kitchen mate. I was like, <laughs> Hey. No, I should have got hey. a call. I should have got a call. I'm so I would have been happy with little. I'm good with little. Anyway, what I'm what I'm what I'd like you to do, this is what amazes me. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of listeners or viewers, followers, I think they call it. Okay. Okay. But they don't you don't think they follow you on the podcast? Some of them don't. I think that sometimes it takes a lot of promotion for to get people to jump over to another social media platform. We have some that do really good. They do, and great. I really appreciate they those do folks. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah, yeah. There's one girl. She said, "I'm sorry for spamming you guys. You're not spamming us, baby." She's a no, comment I love after her. comment. She, yeah. I love yes. all her comments. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So this is what. I, let me get to my point. Okay. If you guys could please help us, and you know. Whenever you get a chance, I know some of you watch this on YouTube and there's no way to to um, view review us, right? Mm-hmm. But if they go on to Spotify or podcasts, yeah. they can do a review. Yeah, or download the podcast from any podcast platform, then it helps us show our big guys that we're doing a good job. Yes. And then it will help us start to get some type of ad flow into here and then we can make some of our money back. Right. Right. So that's what I'm asking for. Yes. I mean, this, yeah, you've got, we've got to do, you've got to do something to let the big guys at B know that you're watching, listening and appreciating. And the, the reviews and the comments have been very nice and genuine. And I appreciate them dearly. Um, and if you guys could just. Just continue friend, to download. Yeah. Continue, yeah. yeah and yeah, tell, tell your friend, friend to download and then tell, tell their friend. friend to download. Say, you know what? I got this guy. <laughs> brother, you know. He's all right. He's really trying. Yeah, he's all right. You know. You know. Oh, my gosh, Dad. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe on Unfiltered Kitchen and our Unfiltered Kitchen. And I cannot wait to see what you guys say about this episode and next week's episode. And then after that, we'll be back together. When are you going to put the link up? I'll put it up tonight. (laughs) I'm going to put up a link tonight so it will be before this episode airs. And I will just do one where it's just talk to Papa Floyd. I cannot wait to see what you guys have to say. Because I might come in like in two days. How will I see it though? You're showing me how to see it. I'll show you. I'll show you. All right. I'm, I'm ready for you guys. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, guys.
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.